Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. This week I spoke with Fran Morelli, Enterprise Support Officer at Queen's University Belfast and co-founder of Bava Influence. This year she was also shortlisted for Digital DNA's Founder of the Year 2020. We talk all things social media, marketing, influencers and much more. Enjoy. Well Fran, first and foremost, how are you keeping in lockdown both personally and business-wise? So Neve, to be honest, it did take me a few weeks to settle in. Um, I actually find it quite hard to adjust to a routine and sort of figure out where I was kind of mentally and emotionally until kind of week three or week four. Um, now that I've settled into the routine of it and I am that bit more used to it, I actually am quite enjoying it. Um, it did give me time to kind of reflect on my life before and how busy it really was and it's given me that freedom now and that flexibility to choose what I do on my own terms. Um, I find that a lot of my life before was doing a lot of things for the sake of other people and saying yes to everything even if it didn't really suit me. However I like that with the lockdown period it's given me this chance to kind of retake control and you know choose what I'm doing, why I'm doing it and when I'm doing it especially. Um, I do work in an office nine to five, but I like how this has given me the opportunity to, um, you know, take a break when I need it or, you know, work later if it suits me better um, or maybe, you know, get up earlier again if it suits my new routine. So it's nice being able to play to your energy as well and, and go by your own rhythm. So, see, to be honest, now, I'm, I, I'm, I've got so used to it, I'm worried about going back to real life. Yeah, and I think as well, you get to, like you say, like you get to prioritize your time a bit more and sit down and think, okay, I'm making up my own routine here. What do I need to focus on? Um, in your case, are you focusing, because obviously you do so much and you have done so much, is your main focus at the minute Baba Influence? Yeah, so it's it's definitely one of them. As I say, I um, do work nine to five as well in another job. So I currently work as enterprise support officer at Queen's University Students' Union. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's like a startup advisor role. Uh, so we take in and advise and mentor student startups and entrepreneurs on um, how to take the next steps in their journey. Um, just little things, you know, it, it's all and everything into what goes into creating your own business. So a lot of what I do ties into each other. So uh, that would be my priority on top of then Baba Influence too, which um, as you know is uh, a business I run with my partner Chloe Henning and uh, those two are very much now my my priority and I'm so lucky that I do have those two things to juggle as uh, sometimes when you focus on one thing all day every day it can become exhausting so it's nearly nice to take a break from work with work if you get me because then you always feel productive. <laughs> yeah no definitely what made you want to get into business then Fran because every aspect of your life you know you're obviously very passionate about business and entrepreneurship and on tech and the startup scene so how what actually sparked that intrigue with you so it's funny I think a lot of people think that I got into business as sort of a natural pathway from my family business background 
Uh, so my family business is uh, Morelli's in Port Stewart, um, if that wasn't fairly obvious from the name. Um, but actually, in fact, it kind of um, kind of put me off wanting to go into business on my own, being raised in that family business background, just because I always saw the pressure that my parents were under, how busy they were all the time. Uh, the only day they really get off is, is Christmas Day when we're closed, and that sort of is the nature of hospitality. Um, so I thought that when I saw all these people that, you know, work nine to five and had their evenings and their weekends and their holidays and it didn't have to have that constant reminder of business on the back of their minds. I thought, you know, that that seems more like the life for me until I actually went to Paris in 2016, 17. Yeah. And it was a compulsory part of my degree pathway to spend a year in a French speaking country in a placement role. So I uh, I went off to Paris and I worked in something called a startup studio. Now a startup studio is basically a company that houses um, a group of startups and they're all completely different businesses in different sectors but they pull resources and they generally have the same overarching founder. So when I was in Paris, I worked for three startups and to sound very typically millennial, I just loved the fact that all the work I was doing, I could see the direct impact of it. Um, I loved how we were all working on the same project together and we had aligning goals. Um, I really liked how it was quite similar to my experience in a family business in that you just did whatever needed done at the time. You didn't have one set role. You were doing the same thing every single day. It wasn't like that at all. It was, um, okay, well, one minute I'm doing this, but now our priorities actually changed for this afternoon because this new client has come on board. And, you know, it was very dynamic and it was always changing. And I really liked that excitement of it. Um, and I just was very inspired by the commitment and the dedication and the passion of all the entrepreneurs that surrounded me. So, um, it's not then I decided, oh, I want to go into business on my own. It was then when I got home from Paris, I was approached by uh, a director of a startup in Belfast who um, had seen the work I had done in Paris and asked would I come on board his startup team. And I just thought that with the experience I had just had, thought it was a really brilliant opportunity to, um, to work on a startup of my own. So I uh, came on board as a director and um business developer and have worked on that for a year or two and really really enjoyed my time with this particular startup so um I feel like once you have the bug for it it never really leaves you and within um that time at at the startup it, um you call it I just really um my eyes were really opened to this amazing startup scene that we have in Belfast um and I was just I was just so inspired by by everybody's hard work and, and passion that goes into their, their businesses. You know, it's, it's like their babies. And I just, I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, it was, it's kind of just been a natural progression need, to be honest. Um, it's all about problem solving. And that's kind of where my next business came from, Baba Influence. We saw a gap in the market for a dedicated agent for social media influencers. And this is where we come in. Like just what you're saying there as well, you know, you liked being able to see aligning goals and you had something to work towards. I know what you mean. It's sort of like, I think when people think of business, they don't think that it can be creative, but I think that you show that there's that creative spark that, and even with startup ideas, even working for Dip and then Fava Influence, you know, it's about looking for gaps in the market and then creating 
that sort of requirement for it yourself? Absolutely. I actually was talking to somebody recently and the topic of creativity came up. And I feel like when people mention creativity, they immediately think of um, arts and crafts and aesthetics and things like fashion design. I know I do anyway. I'm always thinking about um, artists and um, creatives. And it's always for me something that's very um, physical in terms of creating these pieces. And, you know, that's what creativity is. However, creativity actually doesn't have to be confined to that. Creativity can be thinking about creative solutions to existing problems. I think that's actually something I'm quite good at. I wouldn't necessarily class myself as particularly creative in the sense that I would be artsy or um, artistic in any way. However, I do think of myself as being able to come up with good solutions for things. I'm always thinking of, you know, how could we go about that problem differently in a way that could solve this in a better or more efficient way. Yeah, and I know you explained there a wee bit, you know, you kind of saw that there was a gap in the market for social media influencers to work with businesses. Um, can you talk a wee bit more about that? Like, how did that actually come about? Is it something that you and Chloe just sort of got talking to each other about one day? It's actually a funny story, Neve. So um, I met Chloe through DIP and we were working together and we quickly became very good friends. And Chloe herself is a social media influencer. And so she was being asked to different things around Belfast very regularly. So she soon started asking me to go to these things with her. Of course, I was more than happy to do. Um, so one day then she was invited to a uh, local food um, retailer, like a local sort of cafe takeaway place. And uh, she uh, was gifted her her meal and, and gifted my meal, which was lovely. And then I actually watched the owner hand her 40 quid in a napkin for like a post on the grid. And I was completely shocked. I was like, Chloe, no way did that just happen? I was like, is that normal? And she was like, oh, you know, um, it's, it's kind of informal around here, you know, uh, I, I kind of went well is there no one managing you and she was like no like no, no one really managed me like you know a lot of us are freelance blah 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 and you know whilst freelance work is completely great um and I know a lot of very successful freelancers I just sort of thought you know there is a gap in the market here for somebody to manage these people um exclusively you know as a singular thing and social media influencers work with a range of different people but um similarly to models um there is an opportunity there for them to be managed and for their contracts to be managed and for payments to be managed in a more formal way so um that's where we come in and not only do we help them negotiate their own contracts with uh different brands that approach them but we can also uh reach out to businesses ourselves and offer them the service of working with social media influencers if they're not quite sure how to go about it themselves social media influencers have obviously taken off within the last sort of five years I think people always would have associated it with being quite like an American or an English thing, but there's quite a lot of local, even micro bloggers around Northern Ireland now. Um, have you yourself noticed an increase and an increase in business interest for that sort of, that, that type of marketing? Absolutely, Neve. So as you say, it kind of started as a big American thing um, with public figures um, 
like the Kardashians, etc. It did sort of blow up, and then that filtered down into people using Instagram as a you know in a more structured way, and um, filtered down into as you say micro bloggers and and the like. So um, then came to England or whatever, and then we actually quickly saw a rise in the Republic of Ireland, and there are agencies that manage social media influencers in the Republic, and we just sort of thought you know we actually do have the most incredible community of bloggers um, and influencers in Northern Ireland and they're doing such great work creating such amazing content and they have really lovely relationships with each other and with businesses and the brands they work with so we just thought you know Chloe's already involved let's see if we can help them to um, step up to the level of you know in the likes of the south and um, England and the US and create more structured sort of brand deals um, so that this work is continued and that they're protected and that their content is valued and that they are actually getting fair remuneration for their work because I feel like um, when it was such a casual thing before people thought oh this person has lots of followers like you know um, let's just hope they can fire something up for us but now it's it's coming into its own as a profession where their content should be really truly valued as a piece of um as a piece of work and something they they should be paid for um and even you know in the gifted things as well it's just that their content is 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 valued as a as a good piece of marketing for the businesses that they work with so no we are very lucky in northern ireland you know there's there's so many great people now creating great content and we do believe now that this is something that should be recognized and valued for what it is. What do you think, Fran, for a company or an individual that hasn't used social media influencers before, or maybe isn't even that, that savvy to that sort of world, uh, what advice would you give to them if they came to you thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I want a social media influencer to help me market my business, um, you know, what, what can they bring to my business? What would your sort of initial advice be to them? I would say that whilst you can look at a social media influencer and think, oh my goodness, they look great, um, they get loads of likes on their pictures, um, they could put up my product and, and you know, so many people see it, it's kind of not about that anymore. And whilst you know, some of those aspects are very valid, um, there's a lot more you have to look at. For example, uh, do I think this person would be a good fit for my brand? Um, who are their follower demographic? Um, does that tie in with my target audience? So say, for example, I owned a clothing brand and I wanted to target females aged 18 to 25. I need to look at a social media influencer then that has a follower demographic of 18 to 25 year old females. Otherwise, I'd be putting my product right in front of right in front of the wrong audience. Mm -hmm. And that's just not good practice because then you're not going to see the results. Um, so First and foremost, I would just look at the following that the influencer has, um, because otherwise your, your targeting is just going to be off. Um, I would also look at, uh, you know, do I think this influencer would buy my product themselves? Um, that's actually advice I would give to any blogger. It's like, if you're going to promote uh, a product, think about, you know, would I buy this product or service? Um, because obviously it's all about authenticity, you know, do I want to promote something that I actually wouldn't buy into myself? Um, you know, it's, it's all about communication really, because you're not working with a business, you're working with people. Um, so it's all about, you know, chatting and 
you know, saying what, what they want to do and, and it's, it's letting that influencer harness their own creativity and do things in their way because at the end of the day, they wouldn't have a following um, unless they had, you know, always pushing out their, their own stuff this whole time and not just buying into what brands tell them to do or what anybody else tells them to do. It's, it's all, it all grew from, you know, what they liked and what they were putting out and in turn, that's why people followed them in the first place. So it's, it's all about um, engagement and authenticity and looking if, um, if what they're putting out for your brand is still engaging their followers. Yeah, you actually took the word in my mouth there because that was my next sort of question, you know, talking about authenticity and that sort of independence because um, I know and like, you know, yourself, a lot of social media influencers can sometimes come under scrutiny for seeming fake. So it is important the the ones that are going to be selling things to, to be authentic and then there's also that sort of thing nowadays where well everyone is trying to be a social media influencer or um everyone thinks that they are one so how do you choose who is going to be uh you know part of Vava influence and or how can any aspiring influencers get involved or is it sort of like a hand-picked thing you do yourself um so chloe um henning actually works as our talent manager and she does handpick all of our talent um, so, I mean, we are so lucky that we do now have a very growing community of people that are um, blogging and putting out brilliant content. So if you think that, if you're listening to this and you think that um, your content's really good and you think you have a niche and um, you would fit in well with our portfolio, um, we cover categories of um, health and lifestyle and fitness, um, beauty and fashion, uh, home and family, uh, food and drink, and then sort of interiors and that sort of thing. So I think you fit into one of those categories, no, it would be great. Um, we, we get inquiries from bloggers very, very regularly. So we're happy to take a look at your profile and have a chat and see if you think, you, see if you'd be a good fit. Do you think then there is a social media influencer out there for everyone because like you said, I think one of the main ones people think about is hair and beauty, you know, Be Perfect have done so well um, at marketing uh, their cosmetic products through the likes of Instagram and things. But do you think in terms of, you know, smaller businesses that, that aren't involved in, in the beauty sort of um, industry, would you say there is a social media influence, influencer for everyone out there? Do you think it can help any sort of business? Yeah, I mean, look, there's such a broad variety of businesses and activities out there. And um, it's sort of, you know, some industries do suit it better than others. Um, and that is simply because, um, you know, say, for example, you're in um, construction and you provide concrete, there's going to be less people out there with a following that are um, talking about construction, that are talking about um, building materials, do you know what I mean? Whereas if you are in the beauty and makeup industry, there are more people online that are talking about your industry more. Mm-hmm. What I would say is that it does very much vary across different platforms. Um, so you're going to get different influencers on the likes of LinkedIn talking about different things than you would do on the likes of Instagram. So it's really sort of looking into um, people within your own industry and thinking, you know, who is talking a lot about my industry? Who has a big following um, within my industry that would be willing to um, help me out with promoting my brand? Um, you know, so, it, it, you know, absolutely, there there is lots and lots of opportunities to work with influencers across many different sectors, but it's just about knowing your niche, knowing your audience, 
and seeing who you think in your industry would be the best fit to promote your product or service. In terms of uh, whenever COVID sort of hit as well, in many ways, it sort of helped the, the digital marketing industry online because everything is e-commerce now. And, you know, like, has the pandemic affected the influencers or, you know, what are, what are your plans post-COVID, if you know what I mean? Is, is it, has it a negative effect? Has it have more of a positive effect or has it not really affected at all, do you think? No, absolutely. There was, there's been so many articles and stuff put out there in the recent weeks about influencer marketing and um, how the pandemic has affected this. And what, not that I, I'm not going to say there was an opportunity, but what I would say is that um, social media influencers played a really important role um, in their influence and in their following to really put out the most important messages um, from this pandemic that were, you know, wash your hands and stay inside and stay safe and do what you can to protect our elderly and our NHS. Social media influencers played a really vital role in putting out those really important messages and they did really step up to the challenge and you can see a lot of um, our local bloggers really rose to this and are doing really lovely things to help all those people staying at home, those people that may be coping with um, mental health issues while they're in the house on their own, um, those people that maybe aren't taking the roles as seriously. There were amazing bloggers all across Belfast um, putting out those um, really good messages and also doing lovely things to keep people occupied. For example, putting out really great recipes and cooking ideas, doing makeup tutorials to maybe upskill um, while you were at home and um, doing like home fitness workouts. And influencers really played a huge part in this. And they were putting out all these things and consumers were so ready to, um, to follow them and take on their advice and follow what they were doing. And it, it gave people um, that real distraction that they needed and something that was a really scary time that so still is a scary time for many um, so that was one way that social media influencers played a big role um, now that sort of in, in Northern Ireland especially the rules are being relaxed a little bit um, people are looking to social media influencers now as well as the content they're putting out over the pandemic you know with regards to COVID now in terms of you know buying habits and um products and services uh they're looking at stuff that the social media influencers are promoting such as clothes and such as makeup and and different things like that um so what's been good for the social media influencer industry as a whole is that brands now have had limitations in terms of what they can shoot and record so and um, before this all happened brands would have professionally shot content and been going to um studios and putting out advertisements and that sort of thing whereas now they've actually had to rely on the social media influencer agency um to produce user generated content or influencer generated content so instead of them producing content by themselves and paying a lot of money to do so are now um, paying influencers to produce the content for them from the comfort of their own homes. So there has been um, a gap there that social media influencers have really been able to step up and fill, which has been brilliant for the e-commerce industry and for the influencers themselves. The final thing I sort of wanted you to ask you, um, it sort of incorporates your job as well as Enterprise Support Officer at Queen's. What sort of business or startup advice would you give to younger people or students that were maybe thinking of starting their own business or are thinking of it, but they're having fears because of coronavirus now? What's, what's been nice 
about this time at home is that you maybe have had uh, a bit more time to get creative and take a step back from the busyness of everyday life and and have a think about um the future and about maybe other projects you'd wanted to take on so there hasn't really ever been a better time to sit down and get a few things on paper if i ever have a lot of ideas going around in my head or i'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed the first thing i'll do is take out a pen and a piece of paper and just write them all down the thing about it is people see starting your own business as this huge big overwhelming thing they think about taking this jump but it doesn't have to be a jump it can be a series of small steps so you know for example uh have you thought about your product have you thought about how this product might be made have you thought about your name have you thought about the branding around it you don't have to do all these things at once and have it ready all at one time start taking those little steps start thinking about the little things that incorporate what becomes one day a full business and um, think about you know who your suppliers might be think about your brand message think about the values behind that and start just jotting these all down put them on paper put them into a laptop have a play around with ideas and start brainstorming because as i say starting a business it's not this huge big overwhelming thing that you leap into and all of a sudden everything's ready there are a lot of little things you can do while you're building a business that can all be done from home jump on the phone jump on linkedin talk to people in your desired industry the industry that you're stepping into and ask for their advice ask for their help start getting connected because the most valuable thing for me in my journey in startup life has been my network i'm so lucky um, to be connected with really amazing people that have given me such great advice over the years and i would say for me that would be one of the first steps is just start talking to people putting yourself out there um if you're saying you know um if you actually just start manifesting this i'm starting my own business you know i'm a business person i'm an entrepreneur that's all of a sudden makes it real stop thinking about it start putting it out there and you'll be so amazed at how quickly you even start to believe in your own vision the more you put it out there the more you start talking to people the more you start doing the more it becomes a reality is that what you like did you ever have any fears whenever you were thinking about um starting your own business is that did you just sort of talk to yourself and say no this is it i'm doing this um you know were there ever any doubts in your mind oh absolutely you know i think every business person has doubts um but I've been very lucky, as I say, and that I've always been surrounded by really great and supportive people. Um, I've never, ever done anything completely on my own. Um, I've always had people by my side. And if you are a little bit overwhelmed by the whole thing, then perhaps you should consider that too. You know, and it's not necessarily about going into business with somebody, but it's about, you know, reaching out to somebody you respect or admire and, you know, asking their advice and bouncing ideas off somebody. Um, especially if you're a student, there are so many people in our local community that are so keen to help young entrepreneurs and to give them the advice and to give them that help that they need to get started we have a brilliant organization called the belfast enterprise academy there are people um all throughout um the city in the startup ecosystem that are so willing to give students a hand in in taking that first step and getting started in in their lives and business perfect brand thank you so much is there anything else you want to add no, I just want to say, um, Neve, thank you so much for having me on here today. It's always a pleasure to work with Sinka and I. Um, you've been such a support to me in in my startup journey, and I'm so thankful for everything um, you put out every week. It's it's a very good way of keeping connected with the community around you. 
Oh, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much. Um, I do. I always love talking to you and Chloe and just finding all your ideas because it, it is creative, like I say, and whenever people think about the tech and business industry, I always say to them, you know, it, it isn't just sort of this cold, hard sector where people are just typing away or, or writing up like business data reports. It is, it's really creative and it's really social. Like you said, like there's such a, there's such a huge network. I think Belfast in Northern Ireland is nice and just small enough that everyone actually does end up getting to know each other and everyone is quite supportive of one another. Absolutely. And look, it is so much fun. Uh, there is that scary element of, of putting yourself out there and, and going for it. But this is the most fun I've had, um, you know, since, since leaving uni is just diving right in. So um, please don't be put off anyone listening. It's, um, it's a, such an adventure. That's it for this week's episode of Tech Crack. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit syncni.com. Have a good week.